All right, welcome to the Nitty Gritty. We're back with McKenna Brown of the My Wonder Woman Journal. I don't yep. know that that does her justice. She does a lot of things, but yeah, that's kind of what all she's... All sorts of stuff going right, on. That's kind of what she's focused on. And I it's... I don't really know. I, I think it kind of covers a broad range of things. It's a po- you know kind of a positivity, gratitude type journal, but it really kind of spawned from postpartum depression, yep. her kind of battle with that. Like her openness to talk about it and address it. Crazy story. Yeah. And she's super, she's just ballsy. I like her. Like she, yeah. it's so cool that she's so open with, you know, probably what it's what she considers a super dark time in her life. For sure. She's just a sweetheart, like great energy. I know. So you've been f- close with them forever, right? Yeah. It's been kind of fun. I mean, we were really good friends with their family and, kind of literally we've i've seen the beginning transformation all of this like all through the way so it's been so cool to see kind of what it's come from like we talk about it like her very first journal jenna bought it like on yeah a, that's pretty like, cool like on Actually. date night jenna bought Jenna's like, andrew's my wife, wife for those that don't know she bought the first journal on date night one night like she launched right. it and she's got multiple journals now and academies and retreats so and oh cool like it's really cool what she's doing so yeah she's it, she just kind of tells her the story of, of her journey through it. She was speaking to, she was hired to come speak to a bunch of high school cheerleaders this morning. Yep. So, you know, she's just kind of on a mission now to help women that are struggling with, I guess not just postpartum depression, but depression. Kind of like all, mental all, health in yeah, general, right? Just right. kind of feeling good and she has huge energy about who you are. Too. Like, it's always fun in here to talk to people that are like, chasing kind of their passion uh-huh. like they found it a lot of times through struggle um you know Almost which is always. common right yeah and obviously you come out the other end much more passionate about it and you want to kind of lift others and and i don't know i think it's very timely what she's doing especially here um so yeah the story is amazing she's super high energy super fun um everyone will relate to this and uh, yeah, we hope you love it. Well, and check her out. At the Instagram is My Wonder Woman oh, Journal. Yeah, we should. So make sure you check it out. Website. That's our website too, mywonderwomanjournal.com. So check it out. Let us know if you like it. Thanks for always supporting us. Don't forget, you can always support Perk. Yeah. With the co- we had codes for places. We've been really bad. So Why bad. are we so bad about that? I don't know. Some people are good at some stuff. Like if- that's just one of those things we're not good at. Yeah, we hate money. <laughs> we hate success. We hate getting paid for our time. <laughs> no, I mean, we should just do kind of this all covering. I mean, Perk's been helping us forever, but if you listen to a podcast and somebody has One of a the product, guests? just type in Nitty Gritty when you buy that product, and there's probably a good chance you'll get a discount. So, but we know for sure with Perk. Perk and Mixers. Mix, yep. Um, Anyways, there's a couple of them. We'll Sorry get better. We'll get better at that. Maybe we just need to start like tagging all of them in our Instagram posts just so people remember. Yep. Or at least putting some links up. But anyways, thanks for your support, guys. Welcome to this week's Nitty Gritty. I'm excited. We have one of my best friends, McKenna Brown, with Aww. us today. McKenna, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks for asking me to come. It really is an honor. She's so one of your fun. best friends, but I've never met her. I know, but it, I feel like I know you, though. Right? They talk a lot about you when we're together. Oh, all yikes. good things. I hope all it's good, good things. things. I only say good things about them. Not all in-laws, but <laughs> them. I do. I'm just kidding. I got to stop joking like that. They're going to get you. Well, they've gotten me plenty. They're still <laughs> not even close to even. So, anyway. Welcome. Yes, thank you for having me here again. Thanks for the donuts. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. guys. She there's came always, bearing treats for sure. There's Man. always a good excuse to eat a donut. That's Amen. It's really easy to get us in a good mood, and it's to just bring a couple of treats, and it helps a lot. Yes, donuts are always so. a win. Man, I don't even know. It's so easy for me to get going because we know. So we've known McKenna for, well, we, I, for a long time. Yeah, you and Jenna. Yeah, so we've been good friends for a while, and... I've had you in the back of my mind to come on 
for a while and then we learned that you're all of a sudden a big deal. Oh, no. I love you. But. And now you get to go around travel and speaking and doing all this fun stuff. So I thought it'd be a cool time to bring you on before you got too big and oh, you wouldn't stop. come on. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> before we I literally, there were times agent. I'm like, I'm waiting yeah. for Andrew to ask me. I'm like, but timing's everything. I'll just wait for when he like, you know, if and when I'd be honored to come. So here we are. Here we are. So McKenna, what is it? I don't. I don't even know how to start. You got. You asked the first question since you don't know her. This is like one of those that's. You'd Wait, be how easy old are you? No, I'm just kidding. I'm 32. <laughs> no shame. So, I want to know more about the speaking thing because so far okay. that's all I really know. Do you want me to start? You were, like, in, you how, were in Roy I, this morning. I was in Roy speaking right? to the cheerleaders. Yes. So tell us about that. Okay. So maybe with I. Do you want me to start from how it came to be? And yeah. Like for what? sure. Okay. So. All of my platform, I am the owner and creator of and designer for my Wonder Woman journal. Um, after the my fourth child, I suffered with extreme postpartum depression and anxiety. And it nearly destroyed my family. I f- always say if we can make it through this, we can get through anything. Um, I'm grateful to be alive. Um it, I mean, I, I know sometimes, That's real too. yeah, I, I know people get uncomfortable, but I feel like the more I share my story, the more women feel like they're not alone. And it all oh, started with maternal sure. mental health. I almost jumped in front of a uh, traffic. Um, I ended up at the hospital. Um, but that was the start of my journey. Right. right. And, um, I'm grateful for a loving heavenly father. And I felt the most unconditional love from him and my savior, Jesus Christ, and not to get too spiritual, but it really was such a spiritual experience for me and an amazing husband and children. Cause I felt like I genuinely felt like my family deserved better. I felt like if I wasn't here, Scott could remarry and get a better, more loving, um, patient wife you know, this mom and that's just never <laughs> me. I just, you, they can't see me, but you know, just kind of like, you know, this wife that's perfect and I'm not. And, um, but I am embracing my imperfections and I feel like I call it flossom. I'm flawed, but I'm still awesome. And awesome. I like that. <laughs> it's a good one. That is I didn't a good make one. it up. It was just on Pinterest and I tell women all the time, you're flossom and I'm perfectly imperfect. And I, I, when I came home from the hospital, not to ramble, but my, it was such a life altering moment for me when my neighbor came over in an amazing neighborhood. Um, but she said, how was your weekend? And usually I'd be like, Oh, life's great. Life's perfect. I like, everything. I like this. It does tell that story. Just like, like, but I looked at her and I looked haggard and I just, right. you know, and I went, well, I was that, that that's, that's how it's I been. literally gave her like the, the shotgun. Like I was at the behavior hospital. How was your weekend? You know, <laughs> have you ever been committed? Yeah, no, seriously. And she um, <clears throat> opened up and said some pretty personal things that she had never said out loud. And it was this connection that we had that I felt like, you know, maybe there's something about not that my story is anything. It's common. But I felt like I have no shame in saying these things that maybe I, that's what the that's journey uncommon, right? I'm supposed to go on. And right. I felt that and I took the next right step. And next thing you know, I was reading this book by Gaynell Lynn Condy. And it's in uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints book. She's an amazing author. I've yet to meet her. I'm like scared to reach out to her. But in her book, it says... Put it out there. I know. Hey. <laughs> hey. Um, in her book, she talks about Wonder Woman moments. And she was the one who was behind those. And she talks about that all the time. And she said, every woman needs a Wonder Woman journal. And I went, people from time to time have told me that I look like Wonder Woman. And I thought, Scott, maybe that's the blog I'm going to do. It's write my stories. And that will be my blog, my Wonder Woman journal, mine. And then I had this idea, wait. Every woman needs a Wonder Woman journal. So I wanted to fulfill what Gaynell and Condi said that everyone, I go, I'll just create it for everyone. So I went through and I created it. And these Wonder Woman moments that she says are the good, celebrating the good, whether if some days for me, that was just breathing right. and the hard, embracing the hard, you know, embracing like, Hey, yeah, this was hard. And I, when I spoke to the cheerleaders this morning that like Jesus wept, right? It's okay to sit in the hard and like cry. And say like, this is hard. And that needs to be celebrated because it's in the hard where we learn our lessons. Um, embracing the hard, learning to laugh. I have a lot of funnies. Like <laughs> if I were, I could just write a book on funnies. I call them the funnies. Um, r- driving off with the car pump in my car, you know, I happen to drive <laughs> <laughs> with the gas-, <laughs> the gas pump in the car. And literally I just walk in. I'd happen. There's so many people that have done that. 
twice in six months, guys. No, six weeks. <laughs> and I walk in same you move to gas Oregon, station. <laughs> where they pump it for you. Same gas station. I walk in. I'm like, me again. You know. Oh, no. But guess what, guys? It just pops right back on. So don't even stress. It just, I literally was like, huh. They're probably made to detach now, huh? I didn't they even are. think yeah. about that. Yeah. I was just laughing. and I. It's like a lizard's tail. <laughs> it just comes <laughs> yes that's a perfect analogy he probably just laughs when his tail falls off and it's fine Uh because it grows back yep oh my god oh my god okay but learning to laugh at yourself is a wonder woman moment because not taking life too seriously is huge because sometimes in our moments of stress or frustration when something happens it can be the straw that breaks the camel's back but if we just took a step back and go oh my gosh of course like of course i stubbed my you know like or drove off with the gas pump in my car or i mean i'm full of it my daughter actually tripped going up the stairs and i was like i was like are you okay like (laughs) and she looked at me and goes i I think mom it's a wonder girl moment it's fine and we laughed so anyways i created this journal from the journal um people would come to me and say well i don't know how to journal i'm like that's fine start with gratitude. So I created a gratitude journal. Then after that, after Hawaii, when we were in Hawaii, um, I told my girls, we're going to step outside our comfort zones every day. And confidence just was exuding through them when we came home. Like they were new kids. They found some skill sets inside of them that they didn't even know existed. And they are new kids. And I thought I need to create a program for young girls. So I created So what were you doing out there that helped that? Okay. So when we first got there, honestly, the ocean scared me. I My friend took me shelling. I was just in the shore break, but I was scared to like put my head in and swim around. And then next thing you know that we were doing that every day to towards the end of the trip, there were some dolphins about 150 yards from shore off Waimea. And we swam. Harper and I put our goggles on and our she brought a boogie board because it was kind of far. I didn't put a life. I put on my flippers and snorkel gear, got my GoPro and... We swam 150 yards. Salt water is the best. Yeah, it really is. You float. Like, it's very buoyant. Me with <laughs> my body composition and salt water, they really go well together. <laughs> Do you go to those? I like, can baths? float for like I can tread water in the ocean for 10 hours, and it wouldn't even. That's amazing. Like it's the best. I love it. Yeah. But yeah, not you, Andrew, or you. <laughs> you guys. Treading water in the ocean is definitely hard for me. Right. We did it, and the dolphins like a little we swam with a pot of dolphins like offshore and a baby broke off and it was just this moment like you know we can life begins outside our comfort zones and i've really truly seen my kids lives change so so i want to rewind a little bit yeah because you very quickly kind of breezed over how we got to this point right right and i actually remember there's a couple of specific conversations that we had, like when stuff was going on. I remember flashbacks right now. You know, yes. (laughs) Like I'll never forget. We were sitting at, we had gone out and we were at a dessert place and you were talking about the idea of the journal. Yeah. Like I remember that was the first time and you were like, ah, I think I have this this. feeling. I don't know what's going to happen with it. Yeah. Right. But even go back a little bit further. So after their fourth, Mm -hmm. Did you, I mean, your other three kids, you had three little girls. Yeah. Did you ever have anything, any type of postpartum with those three? Yes. I just didn't realize that I did. Okay. And I felt like it wasn't as strong. And okay. So rewind, Harper and Quinn are really close. So I didn't really have time to even process any thoughts before I was pregnant again. So I I always dismissed everything as hormonal. After Quinn came, I did go through a lot of postpartum depression that I didn't recognize I was in until I was out. Looking why, back. Why is that so common? I feel like that's like one of the most common things that we hear yeah. as you talk about it is I didn't realize I was in it until I was out of it yeah. or, or sometimes until it was too late. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And so why is it that it's so hard for us to, you know, recognize what's going on? I think because as society, we've just been taught that it's normal. Like, um... So like, like what, like what was happening? Like, how did you kind of... I never of- wanted to be home. I I got a nanny, so I didn't have to be home ever. I didn't have to parent. I didn't have to be there. And um, I was very disconnected and I was looking for happiness in everywhere but parenthood and being a wife. I was looking, you know, getting, I was golfing. I was shopping. I was trying to find fulfillment, which is, there's nothing wrong with that, but in all the wrong areas yeah. that I was caught up in trying to be like just anything outside of being a mom and a wife. And I wasn't connecting with my kids. And I just, I think that to say that's okay 
and that some people feel shameful for admitting that because we're well, not especially here right yeah you know it's because being a mom you know family's a big deal here with our culture and yeah being able to admit that i just don't want to be a mom right now yeah. i don't want to be a wife like i think that would probably be twice as hard here as most places for sure when i remember i remember um there's this there's this amazing um place this uh, nonprofit organization called the Emily effect. And he lost his wife to postpartum depression. And I remember when she ran into oncoming traffic on the freeway and took her life. And that really made an impact on me because I knew I wasn't there obviously yet. Um, but I remember looking it up and thinking, okay, I'm not, I'm not, I do have this, not to that extreme, but maybe down the road. It's funny how, when you look back all the moments that led you to where you are today, Sure. I need to tell women that, there are so many different levels of maternal mental health or mental health. And we only hear about this. So we think if I don't want to shake my baby, I don't want to run into oncoming traffic. I don't have postpartum depression, but there's like, I say like 10 levels and then layers within each level. It looks different for each person. And I think it's important educating ourselves that when we just feel off that it's okay to say something and that doctors, I think as women were scared to speak up out of judgment or um, I did read a story that a woman got the police called on her because she opened up about how she felt about her children, but really she was just screaming for help. Right. And that as a stigma, we look at these women who crazy quote, you know, and I hear these stories and I think I'm like, didn't she just have twins? Like we always say boys will be boys. Like let's eliminate girls will be girls. Like there really is an, un- what is the underlying issue here? And I really think it bases down to making sure our women as a society are taken care of, like making sure they feel comfortable talking about their feelings and how they're, I mean, I would say weekly, I help women across the country. I've helped people in Britain, to New Zealand, to Alaska, find resources for them because they just don't know where to go. Right. So, I mean, how do you, as a husband, Mm -hmm. yeah, how can you help provide like that place to have that conversation? Yeah. You can't. (laughs) Well, I would just say it's so hard. That sounds like a lose-lose to me. Like I remember a wife talking to me about like, or her husband said like, well, she just lost it over the garbage can and she put, and I go, but let's like, it's not the garbage can. Like, what if we just like take a step back and understand like who you fell in love with and that you love her unconditionally. And as long as you tell her you love her unconditionally, that there's nothing you can say. This is what I tell my children all the time. My husband too. Like, there's nothing you could say. There's nothing you could do that'd make me love you any less. We're human. And the natural man is real. And is when we step away from perfectionism and embrace who you are, just know I'm here for you. And I think Scott is the, our journey, like is he's the perfect example, like mental health to us. We were those people, right? That thought, oh, just be more positive or just pray harder. Or It's amazing how many people don't take that seriously. Oh, well. it's amazing. I right. mean, even family, my yeah. family. Well, the truth is I don't think anyone takes it serious until you're in it. Well, right. Because I think it's really hard from the outside not having that experience to really truly understand right. what's going on because it doesn't make logical sense right and so if someone right. is explaining what's going on from the like, outside looking in you're like uh you're crazy and and yeah. it's, and it's not not even from a place of judgment necessarily right. it's just so hard to comprehend what it is that person is feeling and it's really hard for the person to explain how they're feeling yeah Right. Right. And so I think that adds to the difficulty in in having conversations yeah. because it is it's it's hard without going through it to know either how to help or what to say, you know, what to do. Well, I had a neighbor actually just the other day came up to me and she said, thank you for sharing so much light on mental health and your maternal mental health. I didn't experience any of this, but I understand now that I don't understand And there's power in that and just embracing like, I don't know everything and I don't need to find a place of understanding. I can just know I don't understand, but I'm, I'm here to listen and I'm here to be unconditionally loving because it's hard to explain when you're not in it. So for the longest time, we're like, you know, medication is numbs you or medication. Don't do it. Medication, this or that. And when I was up between a rock and a hard place, literally like, if we don't fix this, we won't be married anymore. Like our family will fall apart. I can't, we can't live like this anymore. Um, I just remember 
crying with this medication in front of me. And I just was sobbing. I'm like, no, I'm stronger than this. I'm stronger than this. And Scott's like, babe, you got this. Like he did a lot of research on his own. I think that's one thing we can just seek to understand and educate ourselves as much as we can. And he, we, and my friend was there with me and I was sobbing because I just felt so shameful. And I don't know, looking back, I'm just like, I wish I could just hug myself and be like, it's fine. But what it did for me, my friend said, the bravest thing you can do is take this medication because it's going to only help you. And we've since adjusted and got myself to a really healthy place that I explained to people I think this is important that medication is not a fix all. It will not fix your problems. But what I, what it did for me, and I, I believe down the road I can get off of this. I'm really close. I'm, I'm on a very minor dose, but it just is just enough for me. I was drowning and I was just barely coming up for air. And I was just trying to live to the next moment, like hour, you know, some days next half hour. Um, but what the medication did for me in that moment of fogginess where the things weren't connecting and the chemical imbalance was not making sense, it handed me a raft. So I'm still in deep water, but I've given a raft where I can now go, okay, I can breathe and assess the situation. Where am I? Okay, now I'm going to paddle towards shore. And as I gain more resources, like, oh, here's a paddle. I'm just going to pick this up now, gain more knowledge. And I really feel like I'm close to shore where I can just say, you know what? I've I think I'm ready to get off of this and I've gained the skill sets. And anyways, I just think that's really important for people to remember that our muscle, our brain is a muscle and it's an organ. You go to the doctor for diabetes. You go to the doctor. If you break your arm, your brain is an organ and it needs help sometimes. And that's okay. That's the fight. Medication is always, you know, it's like, even if you can't get off it, who cares? You know, that's what people don't understand is our bodies aren't perfect. Yep. Right. And everybody's functions differently. Like if you have low insulin, you take insulin. Right. And so, yes, it can become a crutch for some people, Mm -hmm. but that's not for us to judge. Absolutely. And, you know, talking about medication. So I'm very, very open about my ADHD Mm -hmm. and I've been on medication for years and I'm very open about it because I'm tired of people feeling that like I'm lesser than if I need to take Adderall. For example, if you have ADHD, it's like, no, your brain doesn't produce dopamine. Like it just, it doesn't, but that's something that you need to focus, to feel rewarded. Like, so mental health is the same thing. Exactly. They'll say, well, you need to sort through your thoughts and don't, don't let medication numb you. I've, I've literally had someone say that to me recently. And I said, but what if I can't sort through my thoughts without medication? Yeah. that's Like I can't sort through my thoughts. Were they a doctor? No. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Weird. But you know, all I'm so saying here, is- So here's the thing. I want to talk about this. Okay. Right? We've had really good conversations, Cam and I, and actually we've had a lot of these conversations, yeah. McKenna as well, with when we go out. Um, yeah. Because like, like I feel like there's, I don't know the right word, like, a, like how do you get to that place mm-hmm. where you understand like- what the medication does for you. And you ask the question about a doctor. It's also like, I'm scared that doctors just kind of throw pills at people sometimes too. Sure. And so like, I feel like I'm just uh, saying, don't judge and tell somebody what to do if you're not one. Totally. Oh, I'm saying I want to get judgment. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about like in the moment, like how do you, how do you get to the place where you you know, you don't feel like you are going to become like dependent. Right on something For right sure. like i talk right. to guys all the time and you know they start taking all sorts of crap to work out and it's like the problem is once you start that you're never going to get off of that right you know and so like like how do you find that balance well and there's right. some stuff you never will it's like insulin like what you were just talking mm-hmm. about you know a type 1 diabetic will never get off of having to take that right, right? or maintain it same with adhd like it's I think that it's people- a permanent thing that my brain will never produce. So it's like for me, Adderall, although it, like you said, it doesn't fix everything, no. right? It's it's part of the program. Well, it's not but there I do to fix think it. that lots of women to get you to the baseline, right? right? It, totally That's right. The goal gets you to, to the get baseline. you there. But I do see, think, but a lot of men and women are scared to get on that because they don't have like an extreme totally condition yet and they're afraid like right. well i can just sort through this right now and i don't need a little extra help but what i realized i wish i wouldn't have let myself suffer for so long that there are people that get on and have a plan to get off like you can 
if you do it the right, like there's not, a, I don't want to, I want to be careful how I say this, but there are ways. I went to a psychiatrist and she took a blood test to see what I'm compatible with. So we didn't have to do trial and error, which eliminates a lot of time and heartache and just exhaustion. That's why I was scared to get on because I didn't know what was going to work for me. Right. To be honest, I was scared of weight gain. Like I was scared of things that would actually make me depressed, like all the side effects. And so I was really careful. And we found out that I was actually really not compatible with a lot. She's like, I'm so grateful we did this test. There's so many different drugs. That's the, that's yeah. the crazy part. And that we actually were able to skip like 10 steps to get me on the right stuff. And then I was like, I feel a little numb. She's like, awesome, let's half it. And then we have to, and I still feel emotion where I, it's hard. It's, I mean, if I had it higher, I wouldn't, I'd be just like, you know, just getting cupped my hands. It's like, I'm actually a nun now. <laughs> like, you know, but I enjoy crying. Like, not that I like crying all the time, but I want to know if I want to cry, I can cry. For but sure. before I was like, why am I not crying right now? Like, see, and that without, uh, totally right. And that's, you just have to be honest with yourself. And that's the one part about doctors that's worrisome. Like ADHD is still a very like undertreated, well, not undertreated. It might be overtreated as far as medicine goes, but there aren't very many specialists that I can sit like what you were just talking about with like having somebody like draw blood, mm -hmm. like find the medicine that works with your genetics yep. and then actively like, how are you feeling today? Well, I tell Do we need to I back to, off? Do we yeah. need to up it? Do we need to try something different? A lot of times up. it is what you said, Andrew. Like it's like, okay, yeah, here, try this. We'll see what happens. And it's That's just trial happens. and error. And sometimes when you're talking about like postpartum, it can go the opposite direction. You take a certain antidepressant and you do want to run in front of a bus. Yeah. And well, because yeah, it's like my brother went in for something. He got diagnosed, he got prescribed these pills. And like after, like he, you know, Right. After the doctor's like, that was like a death contraption. Like for sure. whoever did that, right? Well, and it's, it's just, like sure. people who have bipolar and get, it's just, it's so scary. So all I have to say is there's no shame. What my message is, is there's no shame in seeking help. There's no shame in asking for help that and embracing that you're human. And there's no shame if you take some medicine to help you. And there, yeah, like we have resources all we around us. We don't have us. wine. <laughs> You know, you see it on TV all the time. Or do like, we? Oh, Just kidding. Honey, look what fill we up do have, glass. though. It's true. <laughs> holding up It's true. Lifeless. But it's, you know, everybody has their way to the verb, med like to medicate, right? I don't right. like that. But to, to treat a symptom. But my right? way to get through to women is I feel so grateful to have been able to create something tangible. Sure. And have a call to action. To help women feel like whenever someone reaches out as a resource, I help, I send them a journal. And I love right. just being able to have, so I have a Wonder Woman journal that's just blank. And I just say, take it. I just, I'll take it to the store. If I see a mom struggling, like here, take a journal. You know, like I just love having something tangible in a call Husbands, to don't give this journal to your wife. Have her sister give it to her. No. <laughs> we hey, I've had lots of husbands. It's not just about maternal mental health. Have it's the kids really give it to her. <laughs> It's about telling her she's a Wonder Woman. For sure. So it's sure. that she is has this. So I tell women, you don't need to change who you are to be a Wonder Woman. You have all the Look, skills. Look, if you're a woman, you're a Wonder Woman. Like it, yeah. Being a woman, is, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be a woman. No. Like at all. <laughs> like there, you guys are you much tougher than we are. do have a lot more moving variables than men. Right. <laughs> no, for sure. It's, but it's, there's also a lot of beauty in being a woman. And I think there's a lot of things that we shame ourselves for that, you know, hormones and all these sure. things that like, but when I, anyways, it's evolved into something even bigger at rise of right now that I ever imagined it to be. So there is a need and People are craving it. I started a retreat. I haven't done it. It's this next week, but I posted it for a day. And in less than a day and a half, I had 12 people sign up and we were only going to take 10. And now I have 11 women on the waiting list. That's awesome. And so there is a need and women just are craving, especially with COVID connection and validation and resources and healing. Right. So, so I want to back up even further. So, okay. where'd you? Where are you from? Like, where'd from you Provo. grow up? You're from Good Provo. Provo. Okay. Still live in Provo. How many I brothers, sisters? Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I find that interesting because a lot of the, you know, we we talk a lot, especially in here. We have a lot of female guests, right? And we do talk about about the kind of shame 
Yeah. Like you feel like you have to be a perfect mom or a yeah. perfect wife and well, and that's what social media is. Yeah. That's what for for right. a lot of people. For a lot of people that's, that's what it is. I mean, it, I bear my soul on social media, so if you want to feel better about yourself, you can just go follow me and <laughs> I'll really help you feel good. <laughs> well, I just wonder so how many brothers and sisters? Like, I have just, one older brother, best brother in the world, and then I have two sisters. One of which lives with me, love her so much, and I'm the youngest by a long shot. I've got ten years, nine years, seven ish years apart from those ones. So, so the whole like you thinking because I remember you were saying a few minutes ago, just like you f- you felt like you had to be the perfect uh-huh. yeah. wife or whatever. Like, where does that come from? Where where do you think that came from? I just feel like proving myself. I think growing up, I never was taken seriously by my siblings. I'm the youngest. I mean, that's not, not no bash at them. I'm right. just like the baby. Right. So I think always proving myself. Um, and I think growing up in a organized religion, I love my religion, but there is a stigma of being perfect. Especially here. Yeah, right? especially within our culture. And I think um, I've, I put a lot of pressure on myself to be the best I can be. And I think that that stems from trying to be taken serious and right. being something that I thought I was supposed to be or should be. Right. And so I now have this saying, <laughs> I'm not going to cuss on here, I promise. Why not? I already cussed. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, I say F the shoulds, right? Like F the shoulds, like be, you know, and my, like, need we don't use the word should. No, I hate the word should because I should do this and I'm supposed to do this and I should do this and I should. And it's like F the shoulds and just, (laughs) (laughs) you should add that to the Nike. I mean, it kind of goes together, right? F the shoulds, just do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. F the shoulds and just do it. Embrace. And I think because of culture and it's an amazing culture, there's so many pros, but we're so involved with everybody and it's all keeping up. And I, in the best way, I'm not trying to bash it in any way, but it can be easy to judge for sure. And it can be easy to try to keep up. Well, and I think that's more, well, we're all, I'm going to get in trouble. We are our our own worst critic. Absolutely. Well, and that's true too. What you realize is everyone feels the same way. Nobody feels like they fit in. Well, that's nobody why being, feels like they're being perfect, but we're right. all trying to put on this facade because we think everyone else is putting on this facade. Well, yeah, it's crazy because even that, like, there's so many parallels. I was talking to a buddy just yesterday about this. Just give the donuts away. I'm Every <laughs> I'm like, <sighs> but I was talking to a buddy yesterday about this idea, but in business. So he's just starting a business, and he was like, "I always just figured." everyone has their craft together. I'm like, no, dude, like business is messy. Growth is messy in business and personal. And it's just like everyone honestly is not faking it, but everyone's going through crap. Right. Right. He's like, we shouldn't be having these problems. Like, no, that's what business is. 100%. When I kind of told my husband, I wanted to write a book on this and I I didn't know what the title should be, but I won't, it's about like the peg holes, society's peg holes. And I've always, my whole life have, put this peg hole in front of me and I'm like okay we all have our own pegboard we have religion like whatever you your belief system you have your culture you have work whatever your peg holes are family friends and I see this little these little circles well I've always felt like I was a square and I've always been outspoken. I've always been just a little different. You're definitely not a square. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, a wrong shape. I know, Let's but say listen, triangle listen, or something. Listen, and I start to like hold a rhombus. This, this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's awesome is like as it keeps going, like the second portion of the book, I'm like, I well, the first part, I'm like shaving down this square to fit in, and all of a sudden, I just like that Cinderella stepsister foot like just pops out of the shoe. I'm like, I'm not fitting into this stupid glass slipper. And I decided, you know what? I phase in my life. I am a square. And I started shaving down my corners or triangle, whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to sharpen my... And as I embraced the squareness, right. I saw like different shapes. I realized I'm not a square. I'm like this awkward shape that like has this random star jumping off here at this side. And I have this triangle bursting out here and it's evolving. And the third, and it's an evolving shape. And I'm proud of that. And I'm go, I'm embracing the journey and like the hard and the mo- the good and the funny and like all those moments I deem Wonder Woman moments. And then the third part of the book, the very end is going to be like jokes on you. There's no effing pegboard. I almost said that word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Every like, few no. minutes I like her even more. <laughs> 
There's no pegboard. Right. Jokes on you. For Jokes sure. on us. There's no pegboard. We put that pegboard in front of us and we put those expectations on ourselves, not society. We do. We feel that pressure from ourselves. And that's what I want to walk people through in this book that I don't know what it's going to look like, but I feel it in my bones of like, people just need to hear that. Right. Like we all try to fit ourselves in these like circles or a box, like F the box, F the shoulds, F the pegboard. F. Just kidding. F, F, F. <laughs> I'm sorry. Big capital well, just, F. That just, was the book. <laughs> capital capital F. F. I really told Scott, I was like, I think I'm going to call F the shoulds. He's like, yeah, you probably shouldn't. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all have to be okay with just being us. And there's comfort, you know, if everybody wants to be an individual, right? Or they want to stand out or be unique, but you don't realize that you already are. Are. Right? That's what I tell like women. Megan, her quote from her dad, everyone's unique. That, Yeah. That was like, awesome. What, what? What? Gosh! What was it? Like you are, you are unique, but so is everyone. That's oh, what I love. That. That's what her You're dad unique, told her. But so is everybody else. Yeah, it's just like yeah, like, and we're all created. Yeah. Uniquely different. Right. So I, what I, makes us the same? Exactly. Is our differences right? I told the girls this morning, and I've told multiple groups, youth groups of girls, that if God made us all so different, why would He want us all to be the same? He doesn't. Amen. There's no, there, you all are your own individual wonder girls. You all have the skill set and a purpose to be who you're meant to be. That's it. Right. And there's no right or wrong way to do it. I mean, there's just your way, right? And we're all scared of being different, or people are scared of people who are different. Right. Like, well, and everyone's and, scared of failing. Yeah. In life, in business, everything. Like, that's everyone's so terrified, but that's, it's so awesome to fail because that's an opportunity to learn, to progress, sure. you know, to get better. So, yeah. Well, and we live in a place that, you know, what I was going to say earlier is I might get in trouble for this. Do it. Women are tougher on women. <laughs> oh, a thousand right? percent. Like, oh no, you're no, like, no, it's true. The whole judgment thing. Like mm-hmm. it is hard. And it, I think it starts younger. Like, yep. you know, you hear the stories in middle school, Yep. you know, guys, I heard a great comedy bit and I think I've shared it on here where this guy was just kind of talking about how men and women walk, walk around. And it's like, women are just looking at other girls like, Oh, she's ugly. I hate her. <laughs> she's a bitch. But see, like guys are walking around going, I could kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> I could kick that guy's ass for sure. But see, I felt so different growing up because whenever I saw a cute girl and I feel the same way today as I did as in high school, whenever I right. see a cute girl, I'm like, oh, she's so cute. I want to be her friend. And people just don't know. They just that's not normal. And no, but I like see a cute girl and I'm like, oh, I want to be her friend. Oh, right. come in, like come, come hither. And like, I. I tell people, so I do, I've gone to a lot of retreats. Not, I shouldn't say a lot. I've been to three. Right. A lot in the last couple, year and a half. So when we sit there and we say what happens at TP stays at TP and we are all vulnerable together and we're all rooting for each other. There's only about 12 of us sitting there, but there is power. There is power with women who support each other. For sure. And I think that in, that's the adversary I feel like genuinely Satan knows that if he can get through women to not like women, because he knows together we can achieve so much that in this, that's what I want to create with my Wonder Woman journal on my page with these retreats I'm starting to do um, is to say there's so much power together and helping support each other through our own journeys that there is in this small group of 12 people. Can you imagine 24? Right. All 50 like all if we could all just look at a woman and be happy genuinely happy for her success i have found the best group of girls they all own their own business they all want to help women and we all root for each other and we have this um marco polo going and we all are just cheering each other on and there's we never feel like if someone's not there they're not on the menu because that's how you can tell if you're around a good group of women or like a toxic group of women and and i've been i've lived through that bullying as a grown-ass woman it's freaking <laughs> right. pathetic. Yep. If you can tell how others are talking about people when they're not in the room, run. Yeah. Run away. If they're saying bad things about other people, guess what? They're saying that about you. Find a better group of individuals. It took me a minute to be alone for a while, but I promise you there are good women out there that are supporting other women. And it's a new movement that I'm really excited to come full swing because it's going to really change the world. I mean, that sounds so cheesy, but there's, we're going to move mountains. That's all. Men and women. Well, I think it happens. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, we hear the stories all the time. A lot of our guests in the past come from a similar type of group, right? Where, you know, I think in 
like the business world in Utah, like this, like this mindset of abundance is really open where, you know, they're very willing to share ideas and support each other and celebrate in other people's success. Well, they're saying their success is not taking away from your success. It's such a, it's such a simple concept, but it's such a hard concept to really understand. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people are like, oh, if you're successful, that means that I can't. Well, being successful is under attack right now, Uh everywhere. I mean, that's, you know, just with the media and with politics and with everything else. There will always be naysayers. Just remember, just surround yourself with good people and just dismiss, just dismiss all that bull crap because it's, there are really good people out there supporting each other. And I think that there's so much power behind what my children, my 10 year old already knows the difference between an abundance mindset and a scarcity mindset, because when they get treats and they don't want to share and I tell them there's always more treats, there's always more things. There's always this, like we were at a cheer competition and we had an extra bow and I just gave it to the other mom because she lost. I'm like, you can just keep it. She's like, you gave that away. I'm like, you already have a bow. (laughs) Like, and she goes, I go abundance. And she's like, not scarcity. I'm like, right. (laughs) Like, it's important that our children, if we can teach this next generation, the difference between an abundance mindset, there's room for everyone. Tearing somebody down to make yourself higher is not the way. Right. We we building each other up it makes us all stronger. Takes a lot more work though. I think like human nature, it's just I mean like you learned, right? Like oh, with yeah. with it's so hard to face our inborn like weaknesses and struggles mm-hmm. and and be able to say like yeah, maybe I was part of that group. Like the, the people talking crap or whatever oh, no. else. I've been there with mental and health. For sure. Women, absolutely. And that's, it's, well, and you know, something you brought up earlier that I want to talk about is just the whole being real thing, like being able to talk about it and not, yeah. you know, not feeling ashamed to say that I did deal with depression and I, you know, I do take medication. Like it's amazing how many people come out of the woodwork. It's like, oh, I can be, I'm safe with her. Like I could, okay, well, here's my problems. Absolutely. And that's how it starts. Like you just have to share and not be so worried about others judging you. And that it's hard. That's a hard thing to do. And they can help you. And I just remember one time this mom came to me and she goes, oh, McKenna, you have it all together. (laughs) I started laughing. I was like, oh, sweetie, I'm such a fraud. Like I have put this on. I have put on this perfect persona um, with my husband's job, with religion, with these different societies. We're kind of, it's just like, you're supposed to, like, you just thought that's what you were supposed to do. And now I'm like, okay, now that I'm a fraud, let's kind of deconstruct a little bit. And let me tell you a little bit about like how not together I am. (laughs) Right, right. Or you mean how normal you are? Yeah, yeah. You know, like that's, it's not even that you're not together. It's. That's just, we're human beings. Like, are, we're that, imperfect. That's an important point. Right. It's it's very normal. Um, calling it a flaw is almost, it shouldn't ever be called a flaw. Yeah. You know, like it's just, it's just life. Yeah. Like we all go through it. And I mean, like the postpartum thing, it's like, it's a scary thing. It is. But it's crazy that we feel like we can't be open with that. I think education is key. Educating yourself on what depression is, what anxiety is, what are the signs, what to look for. It's- so what are the signs, if you don't mind me asking? I was going to ask yeah. that earlier. like, Because I think, like you said, there's probably a lot of women that, one, they don't maybe they don't want to admit that postpartum is an issue for them or or they're just they don't know that that is what it is. That, see, that's what I think would be the bigger problem is what... To your point, it's like it's normal. Like, I just had a baby, or whatever it is. Like, yeah, my body's off, right? And they just kind of like, well, yeah, you just have brush a baby. It off. You just hang tight, right? It'll all get, it'll all get better. <laughs> like, I'm buckled up. I promise. I'm in like a straight jacket. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> like I'm not. oh, that's got to be so hard. And then your family, you know, just well, how do they like? How can they help? Or what? Yeah. What can they be looking for? So Absolutely. I don't know. Well, for me, I never knew about postpartum rage. Right. So I don't, I believe it's not just postpartum, but that is something that is common after. I never want to use the word normal because it's not normal to feel this way, but it is common. Sure. Um, I was so ashamed for, of this for so long. I actually told my husband like lots later in therapy. I'm like, I, there's things I've never told you. And he's like, what? You know, I'm like, oh, so 
I'll back up. There was a story. So I postpartum range, like rage is you're quick to snap. Like anything sets you off and you'll lose your, like screaming, losing it. it. Didn't that feel good? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. It's a problem, but or not? I mean, I'm working on it. But like, I lost it. I would lose it. I would scream a lot. I would throw things. I never hit my kids. Um, why? I know. Just kidding. Fun. No, but I never hit my kids. But I like. Um, okay. The day I drove myself to behavior hospital, I like threw a chair against the wall and broke it. I threw the big horse. It's so embarrassing. Like I cry a lot when I tell this story because I feel like I'm learning to release that shame because I've, I've held sure. it. Um, cause I feel like I scarred my kids forever. Um, but I haven't. So you have good news is they're okay. <laughs> but I, um, remember one day I was holding my baby on my left hip and I had my right hand and I have these doors in my bathroom where the handles touch. Like if they're both right, open, right. they like hit. So it's like the towel closet and then the open to go in there. And I just started, they're solid door handles. Right. Solid. And I literally <laughs> started banging them together and I just hit them over and over and over again. And I like was sobbing and I just broke them. They broke. And I just sat on the floor crying and I was just holding my baby crying. Again, this is an extreme situation, but I didn't understand the anger inside of me. I felt like I was a boiling pot of water and I kept trying to turn the simmer down. And I just kept, at any minute it would just boil over. And I, and I, people and not moms don't understand that that is, is common, but it's not normal. You don't have to feel that way. You don't have to suffer like that. And I remember Scott walks in <laughs> and he's like, well, I wasn't crying then. I was like totally normal-ish on the surface, ish because I was definitely not normal. Um, he's like, "Whoa, what happened to the door handles?" <laughs> and my little girl, who's like lighter than a feather, I was like, "Oh, Sloane, <laughs> she likes to hang on those door handles." <laughs> and I blamed it on my four-year-old daughter. I am like ashamed. That is funny. But we were in therapy, and I looked at him, and I said, "You know the door handles?" And he's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "I broke them," and he actually started to cry. He's like, "I am so sorry that you felt that much anger that you had to break the door handle." So just obviously that's an extreme sign. But if you're feeling like quick to anger. You're feeling like you don't want to get out of bed. You're exhausted. Like as moms, we already are exhausted. But there's moments where like you literally are not motivated. See, that's the to get out to of me, bed. To me, that's the number one sign of depression. And I would just cry in bed, and my husband would just come sit by me, and I would just cry. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, I can't get out of bed. But with the Wonder Woman moments, I tell women now and girls that those days there were still things to be celebrated. That I was breathing, and breathing is a Wonder Woman moment. You living life is and celebrate that moment until you get to the next step. Like even if you just got out of bed to go to the bathroom, celebrate that you got out of bed and went to the bathroom. Well, you got in the shower. Technically breaking those handles is kind of a wonder woman. I know, right? Think about it. Check out the <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just I like, I mean, I'm just saying. I looked at him and I was like, I wasn't expecting them to break. So right. so, and I was like, whoa. I think men are, that is actually, any men listening to this are probably like, what? what's wrong with that? Like, <laughs> like well, that's how we express like when we're pissed, we want to hit things, we want to kick things, throw things. It's actually a very great object lesson For to sure. let you know you are stronger than you think you are. <laughs> <laughs> you are a wonder woman. It's actually great full circle to come back to that. But it's another moment of women when I walk them through, like just to celebrate embracing that hard, like allowing yourself to cry and getting up if you trip, like laugh or whatever that may be. And getting outside your comfort zone, serving others or serving yourself, going and getting your nails done. I feel like there's a lot of self-shame and self-care. No. Because I know you can't be who you need to be if you're not taking care of yourself. So make sure to celebrate those moments as well. So what should women do? Like if if someone is dealing with postpartum and feeling that rage, like what, what, what's the first step? Like, is there somebody you call or do you? So I I wonder, are those resources out there as far as like knowing who to turn to when that's happening? I, 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 there have been a couple of times I should have gone back to the hospital. Um, just because I went to do that. Honestly, I talked to my friend who helped me. I saw her at the gym the other day and I went up to her out of my way and I said, um, I just want to let you, so she runs Cirque Lodge. Oh wow. Okay. My friend, Brittany, she's amazing. Cirque Lodge is like a, she's a treatment rehab. Yeah. It's a treatment facility. And in my moment of so many, I just look back and see all the angels working for me on the other side, rooting for me. I know there's a lot of people here. I believe in life after death and I believe in 
my angels. And I believe having these un- these really crazy thoughts, I had one conscious, like normal thought. And it was so clear and loud. I can't even explain the spiritual experience, but it was called Brittany. And me and Brittany talk like we will pick up from where we left off, but she wouldn't have been, I mean, I would have, I knew she was out of town and it wouldn't have been a normal thought for me to call her. Right. Um, and I called her and I was just crying and it was so embarrassing. Honestly, I was embarrassed. I was ashamed, but I knew she works with people in, in addiction that I knew that she knew how to handle this situation. And so I don't even know. It just popped into my brain. I called her. She called the treatment facility center, told him I was going. She even, because at that time, my husband and I, like, again, our marriage was just horrible. It, oh, he's such a good man. If I can't make it work with him, I'm going to die a lonely person. <laughs> so... <laughs> he really is amazing and i'm like i'm gonna die a lonely person or just die like i just can't even make it work with like the amazing scott like i can't so she i didn't even want to call him i was so mad at him and she even was able to call my husband and i thanked her the other day for being able to have that conscious thought because a lot of women go oh i didn't even think that there's a place to go but when she said that Mm -hmm. how did you react to it what when i said you need to go to the hospital yeah i said i was relieved okay because i thought there's somewhere for me to go. Okay. There's hope. There's like a little flickering light that I, there's hope. So I just remember going into the treatment center. They walk. I remember walking in being like, Oh my gosh, this is happening. I even went to Chick-fil-A and I was shoving my <laughs> mouth. Cause I was like, I don't know what they're going to feed me. <laughs> oh Cause that's like where I went when I was having my meltdown. Right. I know I like had all those other thoughts, but I did actually think about eating. Cause I, I love why food. Chick-fil-A is so crowded all the time. <laughs> bunch of pissed off women it's like i need a sandwich i made the french fries (laughs) (laughs) no i was like pounding chick-fil-a and i was walking in like carrying my chicken strip and i was like this is it this is me like i can't believe this is happening and i remember just so exhausted they put me in a room and they were behind i fell asleep on the couch like i just felt such a relief that my body just went you're somewhere safe you're good because you don't want you're not happy but when they're like you're safe come in it was like such a relief and i fell asleep on the couch waiting for them and they came in like they said we kept peeking in but you were like so asleep and i just was like on a couch like that over there like just in a fetal position i just passed out and it and i woke up they had a burger for me i'm like oh you know me okay wow. and i just ate Wait, a burger. Where, where, was this cirque no it was across the street from cirque it's called um provo canyon okay yeah and they yeah. fed me a burger and it like wasn't the best burger but it wasn't freak i was like right give me any food and and we talked and it was really great but that i remember the second time oh, I, I i there were some just because you go just know it's a work in progress you're always a work in progress it's again it's not like it's like medication it's not going to fix everything, but there's hope and there's, there's other resources and skill sets you can gain. So the second time I lost it, I actually called the hospital to see if there was any room. I actually got pulled over and it was such a crazy thing. And I'm sobbing. The police officer's looking at me and I couldn't physically say the words like, help me. He could see it in my eyes, but I wanted so So hold on. You were driving to the facility. I was driving around again. (laughs) It was Sunday. It was Sunday. Chick-fil-A was closed. But like you said, like you lost it. It's like, did I something, lost it. Yeah. Like, like, what does that mean? Like my, um, I left. And what's so sad is my kids were like, where are you going? And I said, I don't know. And they're like, when will you be back? And I said, I don't know. Yeah. And what's so sad is that my kids went to a family house that day and they ran to my brother and sister-in-laws and they're like, mom's left. And I don't know when she's coming home. And that that's what they got from that. It's been a lot of mom guilt. But I believe through, um, I put them in therapy and together we're stronger than ever. So I just want you to know to moms listening, your kids love you. You are just fine. If you do something to your, like there is hope. And when you go through things on the other side of pain is purpose and beauty. And that my children went through a lot. Like I don't want to disregard that. So did Scott. But we have the best relationship right now. Well, kids are resilient too. I mean, they can go through a lot. It's so funny how we we try like not to screw it up. They're all screwed up, no matter how <laughs> hard inevitable. we try. Like we, it's because we are imperfect beings. Well, and we're we're holding ourselves to some like unknown standard. Like you're worried about like what if I screw them up for life? I'm like what? Well, you you're, are. You're blaming yourself fine. for yeah. something that may happen. What 15, 20 years down the road, like 
but hey, just so love what? them. Like, just love them. They're fine, and they're going to be messed up too. And this, it's just more tools for their tool belt. You know, going through this stuff, like going to therapy, yeah, and not. Yeah. They're never going to judge somebody for going to therapy. Like you know, this next generation, it's going to be much more normal for them. You know, I yeah. think we're kind of the first generation where therapy has become an openly safe thing to talk about. It's not a hundred percent yet, but you know, you think of like Getting our better. parents' generation and then oh, their yeah, parents' no. generation. Mm-mm. Oh. Mm-mm. Well, think about how messed up, you know, we were talking about this the other day, like World War II veterans. You know, there were so many people affected by that. And you didn't go home and go to therapy. You just came home and you just... Buck up. Buck up and handle yeah. it. And so how many alcoholics were there? How yeah. many... Domestic violence. Yeah. And, and you know, our parents are the generation that grew up with those parents. And right. so we're not very far off from that. So, I mean, the more people that get you know, like what your kids are going through and normalizing that and making it seem like it's a good thing and it's okay, yeah. like the better. Yeah. Well, right? now they're going to be able to help other people, right? right. Like, and know what to look for and be like, better spouses. And Right. Like a common thing, that, a saying that's come in lately is like, you know, things aren't happening to you, they're happening for you. Oh, I love that. You know, and so all of these things is, that are going through you, it's always like, okay, well, Take a step back. What what can I learn from this? Absolutely. But more importantly, how can I help somebody else? That's right. Embracing the hard. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, as you looked on how whatever happens, how you can turn that into helping someone else. Yeah. All of a sudden, it kind of shifts your mindset, and you look at yep. things completely differently. So different. They get to go to Hawaii a lot. They're fun. <laughs> Stop. Tell them to tell them to just look. You got to buck up. We buck will up. Share. We will share the love in Hawaii. That's right. That's you- what we want. <laughs> I was, you know, it's fun because we've all been through, you know, you've been through hard things, Andrew. I, you know, what? divorces in my family, like those are hard things, but you know what? You get through them and there's so much I learned from it. And yeah, you can't hold yourself. It's so unhealthy to hold yourself accountable to a, what's the word I'm looking a for? A standard that doesn't. Not even a standard, like. Pegboard. <laughs> like a hypothetical. Right, you're holding yourself to a hypothetical, unrealistic expectation. Yeah, and you don't even know that it is going to mess them up. So just don't worry about. Like you got enough to deal with right in front of you. Just stay there. Well, and the youth, the youth that what's crazy is it all started out with women, and then when we came back from Hawaii. The vision was so clear about what I needed to do, and I never thought that it would go to girls. Oh, it was so it clear. I thought for sure my Wonder Woman Academy would go first and then I would do girls. But I still haven't even done Wonder Woman Academy yet. I have Wonder Girl Academy. I have a workbook and I paid a videographer to do online videos and we're creating an online program for women, for girls to do. But now I just go to the girls and I give them a workbook and it walks them through prompts in the journal and it walks them through how to handle emotions. Right. And it's insane when I leave youth groups, I probably get at least eight to 10 messages from girls who are struggling. And so it's the need is there. And my hope is that, yeah, I'm not a therapist. And that's another thing I get in my head. Like I'm not qualified, all these things. I'm like, but my, what I have done is for people. I can help provide resources and contacts and and support and support. And I tell these girls, I'm a safe place. I tell women I'm a safe place. Everything I do Wonder Woman Wednesday about once or twice a month. And I share Wonder Woman moments that people shared with me. Good fun. Oh, I've heard some really funny ones. Hard. And what happens is, is I say, when you share your hard or funny or good, especially hard, it eliminates the shame. It's like Brene Brown's study. When you put words to shame or words to heart, it eliminates it and it makes you feel validated. But then also by you sharing, you're helping others, even anonymously. Women 100%. will read something and I hear, and I will connect people through Instagram so much. Like it's a full-time job on Wednesday. Scott's like, oh, it's Wednesday. Cause I'm like, <laughs> hold on, this girl's connecting. This is for her. I want to make sure she's not alone. And then all these things, everyone goes, oh, that's funny. I should laugh about that. Like this mom goes, yeah, my son left the toilet seat up and at 2 a.m. I fell in the toilet. I'm like, you know <laughs> that water's freezing. But she's like i sat there and i got up and i was like oh my this is a wonder woman moment like i just fell into the toilet so you know like just learning so, to not take life too serious how do you not like because you are you have a special talent to connect with people and they will get vulnerable quickly mm. how do you not carry the heaviness of that with you like i talked to danny deep yeah. about this because he does something similar for recovering people in, in with addiction right you know he talks about how sometimes it's a really really heavy thing to carry mm-hmm. so how do you not you know 
take all of these other hard yeah. or struggling women and bring that home. And it, it can be a lot like some days it can be maybe even a little triggering for my own. Like yeah. I, I can't deny that some things trigger me. I even co-hosted on a maternal mental health um, podcast once and there were, I came home like a little triggered. Um, but I will say, yeah, I'm an empath and I've read books on how and what to do when you take somebody else's problems on. And it's like, I tell women like a lot of us are empaths. It's as human beings to connect. But what I do is I believe Jesus Christ atoned for my sins and he took he's and he atoned for pain. So if I can take what I do is I visualize the woman giving me her pain and I put it in a basket and I give it back to Christ. And I know that sounds so spiritual and cheesy, but I believe that if I can empathize with somebody and take a little bit of pain from her and give it back to Christ, that's something that if we can identify when we take somebody's on, be like, okay, I've taken this on now, how I'm going to give it back. And I'm not going to give it back to her. I'm going to give it back to my Christ. And that's how I feel, honestly, prayer and my Savior, Jesus Christ. That's awesome. So what's next? I, I know you've got big stuff. I know, but as things keep going and going, my eyes just get bigger and bigger. Like It's <laughs> so fun because when we're as humans, we're meant to create. Right. Well, I remember right? the day you launched the journal. Oh, yeah. Jenna was my first customer. Uh-huh. <laughs> I remember that night. She's like, you might want to get rid of that one. <laughs> like, you know, when you get an order, order number one. I'm like, yeah, well, you should frame that. Just kidding. <laughs> so what's coming? So, so well, first of all, let's we've talked about a lot. So what do you currently have going then? Let's just summarize okay. real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have my um, Instagram, my Wonder Woman journal, where I share my Wonder Woman moments and kind of advocate for mental health. All right now I've restructured my website because I feel like I don't want to rely on social media. I do want to rely on like a pretty strong foundation of like a website. So I've been paying someone to help me restructure my website and we're putting it into like a blog format. And um have easy to easier to buy journals and I'm going to actually have like a side office to have the wonder girl Academy. So when people purchase the package, they will get the journal and the workbook and I'm going to make it like a present for the girl, whoever's receiving it, that it's an exciting thing and it's a gift and that they can go in and log in and have a username and password and watch my videos basically me walking them through the prompts and the workbook. And that's next to Wonder Girl Academy. And then I have these retreats coming that I've, it's called Use Your Wings Retreat that I'm connecting with people through my page to help with that. And that's really what's next. I have things in my mind that I'm putting on a vision board. I would love to try to book, but that's coming. But as of right now, like Wonder Girl Academy, I'm going to do journals, the, the workbooks. Yeah, I the have retreats. the Wonder, Wo- yeah. Wonder Woman pl- journal that's blank, the gratitude journal that I still incorporate the Wonder Woman moments because sometimes people get in, intimidated by the blank pages. So I left three fourths of the page for gratitude. And then like the last quarter of it is like to celebrate your Wonder Woman moments. Because I believe with gratitude, if we really do have this sense of gratitude, we believe, I think it's a Brene Brown quote, I believe it's, we realize that there's enough and we're enough. And I think that's the basis of celebrating yourself is gratitude. So sometimes I say, start with gratitude and you'll gravitate towards the Wonder Woman journal. But then I created the prompted journal for girls, but I'd show up to these markets. And so I would sell out to like college girls, women coming through for the prompted girl journal. So I created the Wonder Woman prompted journal. And I've been so busy. I haven't even like officially launched it and I'm almost sold out. So I'm like, okay, Mm. I need to like reorder more. There's just, so those are the four journals. And my hope is that I will get going on the Wonder Woman Academy to kind of incorporate that with retreats and all the things. So I, I'm just excited where it's taking me. If Gal Gadot ever comes to one of these things, (laughs) can I please cater? (laughs) Gal Gadot. I will donate the food. (laughs) I just want to put that out there. Okay, Gal if you're listening, if she, you're is. listening. <laughs> she is i'm catering that event. literally love her so much oh, man. she's and i tell people she's the physical attributes but like think about who she is love right she's powerful she's strong but she's love right like i love when she sees the baby oh baby like she is like the epitome of feminism i can't say like anything. Femi- what is Actually, it she will get mad at me i mean like but you know women like she just embraces For i sure. just think she's so amazing so well, that's okay. awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks very, for letting very, me come. This no, was seriously, so fun. I think it's so courageous that you talk the way that you do. And you just, it's you're so comfortable in your own skin now with oh, it. Thanks. And that's, you know, I 
Sorry, I know we were ending, but I just keep thinking about you walking into the hospital that first time. And like that, that's a feeling you're sharing with people that like, I'm finally in a place where I can just collapse and be, and just be safe. Right. Like, like Brittany was to you, you know, like, wasn't that her name? Yeah, that was her name. Yeah. I just want to tell people. That's heavy for somebody to carry, but I mean, that's. That's what we're here. You know, you talked about Christ. Like we are here to help him, right? Yeah. Like we're all here for each other. Empathy is something that we all need to be better with. And man, such a, it really is just an amazing thing that you're doing. So when you were speaking, I know we're wrapping up, but I think it's so important that I ask women, like, why do you think we're supposed to embrace the heart? And they have different questions. And I sit there and I go, you know, those are all right. But let me tell you why I truly believe embracing the heart when you were talking, because I feel like that's what happened. So when you embrace the heart, I feel like you surrender to Christ. And he, I feel like so many times as women, we try to keep it to ourselves. Like, no, we're supposed to keep it together. And I have to have all the juggling balls and I'm juggling everything and spinning plates with my toes. And I, <laughs> and I have to keep it all together. But when we stop and surrender, everything drops. Right? right. And that's scary. And it's vulnerability. And that's scary. And we think, well, we have to drop everything. But you know what Christ does? He helps you carry the load. Right. When you embrace and surrender, he goes, let me help you pick that up. And you go, oh, I c- thank you. And I feel like that is what happened when I went to the behavior hospital. I embraced the heart and I felt him help carry the load i literally was like oh i can sleep well and the people around you too right like even the people at the hospital like there are people that want to help you carry those plates yeah right we just can't be scared and asking i think in in my therapy like i've been to therapy a ton especially with marriage and stuff like that yeah that's the number one thing that i had to learn was i have to I don't have to do it all by myself. No man, right? not meant to do There's things alone. There's other people that will help. You just have to ask, but you have to ask for it. It's the fifth law of the go-giver, the law of receptivity. And asking for help is not break. weakness. <laughs> it's strength. Uh-huh. Oh, it's, it's ballsy. Strength. Like it, you, That's the thing. Asking for help is harder. I mean, it's, it's, a strong, it's, it's, it's the strongest thing you can do. Yeah. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, so I'm supposed to ask for help, but how or who or where... I promise everything you do with me on my Instagram or my email or whatever, I promise to help you find resources and keep everything safe. Because when I tell little girls and women that it's a safe place, it's amazing the messages that pour in. So I miss, I can help you find phone calls, resources, anything, anything. Well, you're doing awesome stuff. It's been tons of fun. Yeah, thanks to see for it from me. like day one. You really have seen it through, like even before day one. Uh-huh. Like you saw me like through when the ac- darkest of days. Yes. When your account got locked and you couldn't get into your Instagram account. Oh, I was so bloody pissed. <laughs> whoa, whoa! I want to talk about that. <gasps> I forgot my damn password. <laughs> <laughs> this is like right as she was. Oh, starting. so she wasn't like booted. No, oh, I forgot it. it, and I was so pissed. And then finally, I was like, I guessed it, and I literally was like. Yeah, I was like, Scott thought someone died. I was like, oh, oh, I'm really in, funny. I'm back in. Just kidding. Because I just want to reach people. I just want to connect. But you're doing people. such an awesome thing. So I hope you keep going. And it'll be fun yes. to see kind of what's next. So thanks yeah, for Yeah, thanks for being supportive and yeah. having me. You guys are awesome. I love you. Thank you.